Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. So, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. Uh, I am joined by Brad Jemmett, and uh, he's my longtime buddy and, and old university dorm brother. We've known each other for, what, like 20? 93? 93, 94, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah 93. Quite a while. And uh, we actually also played in a band called... What was it called? Trick Pad. Trick Pad. <laughs> that was Opened a good up the ACC, didn't we? we I think we did. We, I think have, we, did. we, we have them for Bon Jovi, I believe. Yes, I believe yeah. we did. Yeah, good times. Still waiting for the royalty check. I know, me too. Oh. I, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep waiting. That was a fun little band. I think yeah. we did all right. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, so listen, so, so we're going to do something different tonight. Um, you are best pals with a guy named Kent Bailey. Yes. So you guys grew up together in a Toronto suburb. Yes, we did. Scarborough. Yeah. Right. Represent. Represent. Now, Kent's one of my best buddies. Oh. But the twist here is that you actually introduced me to Kent. Yes, I did. And that was in 98. So like five years after you and I yeah. had been buddies. Yeah. Right. So Kent's one of my best buddies. You guys were best pals in high school. Best pals. And you grew up together listening to the exact same form of music, which was... Form. Form, yes. Yeah. Which what? Form, I said. Form. Yeah, because his songs suck. <laughs> I guarantee you. You would always look to me for, like, inspiration. For Is that, so, so you're going to hear about this later. Is that true? So so who looked to who? Did he look to you or did he you look... He totally looked to me. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so you guys grew up together in high school, spent yes. like your best friends. Yep. Listen to starting music camp in 1987. We went to music camp together. Together. Oh, really? He played yeah. the French horn. Come on. I played the saxophone. He played the French horn. The French horn. That's nerdy, man. Oh, I didn't, totally. I didn't. Totally. Know, I didn't know that. Yes. Now you do. Ugh. You can't unlearn that. Oh, I'm gonna hack on him hard <laughs> for that. French horn. <laughs> but it was up at the uh, up at Lake Manitowabing. Where is in, that? In Perry Sound. Okay. It was a Scarborough Music Camp. Yeah. Uh, which was actually made famous by the Bare Naked Ladies. They all met up there and, uh, no way. and played a fair bit. Of, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So Kent and I didn't uh, didn't have a chance to join the Bare Naked Ladies, but didn't he, played his French, he played his French horn and I uh, I hung around with the girls. <laughs> French horn. It's awful. How big is a French horn? Is it that thing it's that I'm thinking of? Like, like that? That it's, it's yeah. It's like a really distorted kind of like mini baritone. It's like it's, it's, it's like round. A, it's almost and like you a, put your hand in the bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Why did he pick that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It explains a lot about his character. What the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> It's the French horn. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? I do I do recall uh, that, uh, and he'll probably tell you the same thing. With the, he used to fake it a lot. So if like the if, if the band was going, yeah. he just kind of press the keys. Come on. Oh, yeah, seriously. He didn't breathe into it? <laughs> no, no. That's great. No. I think his parents made him do it or something. I don't know the story. So, but yes, look, anyway, so we met in music camp 1987, I believe. That's really yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. So yeah. So you guys were buddies, and so uh, he has already done his episode now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he uh, chose to do hip hop. Mm-hmm. So he did. He he did something really cool. He kind of did like the this is like the golden age of hip hop. You know, kind of his like favorite ten tunes from that time. Okay. I can't remember what his timeline was. So it was like. I don't know, 87 or 88 to 95, whatever. Yeah. Um, so he went through all of the songs that really kind of made his skin vibrate. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be a good idea because you guys were best pals in high school. 
uh, and you don't know what was on his. I have no idea because I guarantee it's crap. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go through uh, your uh, songs here, and uh, what we'll do probably later on is we'll do like a third episode. So the three of us will reconvene. I'll get him in here, and uh, you know we'll talk shit about you know the song lists and and hack on each other a little bit more. Guaranteed. All right. Love it. Okay, so um, did you want to say anything else before we get started? No, I want to get into my list. And get I, want, right into your I list. want Kent to be the first one to hear this. All right, I'll play your episode back for him. Actually, maybe before it airs. All right. Okay, so his uh, sorry, your first song is uh, the message by yes, Grandmaster sir. Flash. Yes, sir. So tell me a little bit about that. That's where it all started for me. Okay. Okay. So. You know, if we go back a little bit, I was always kind of getting into music with, you know, I like Michael Jackson. Yep. That was like a big, uh, big kind of starting play for me. And much music came into Canada, I don't know, probably early 80s, 83, 84. 84, I think it was, was it right? 84? Yeah, I think so. Um, so shortly after that, and I don't know how my parents sprung for the extra cable bill to actually have much music. Right. But somehow we had much music at home. Okay. And uh, I remember flipping through the channels. Yep. And this video comes on, and I think it was on on Rap City, or it was on like regular play, or something like that. Right. What was the thing I, called Rap Michael City? Williams hosted Rap City. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. He was also involved with Electric Circus, if you remember that <laughs> drama. Um, so, and it's it, it's funny because you know, growing up, New York City was crazy, like back in the eighties. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, families go down there now, and you you know enjoy yourself and you see Statue of Liberty but you know back in the 80s like New York was a scary place man yeah and definitely Times Square was a shithole oh it was awful yeah. awful yeah. I never went there but my parents reminded me like everything was kind of compared to like New York like oh my god like imagine how shitty New York is right now or like you know this looks like New York out here if there's garbage on the street right yeah so but it was just kind of this imaginary scary place okay so there I am on the plush carpet, probably 84, 85 and around there. Yep. So impressionable, like, you know, young elementary school kid. And this video comes on. Okay. By Grandmaster Flash and the Furious and the Five. Furious Five, that's the right. The Furious Five, man. Yeah. And in this video, five minutes or so, takes you through all the things that my parents warned me about with New York City. Oh, really? You see the peep shows, you see the junkies. Really? You see the gangs, the burnt out cars, and these guys are singing about like, "Don't push me because I'm close to the edge." Like, oh, I, yeah, I know that tune. Yeah, yeah, it's been sampled many, many times since then. But yeah. like, as a an impressionable kid in like grade five, okay, seeing this kind of portal to the scary place, of course, was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, man. So I see this. So there's a bunch of dudes. They're like rapping on like the street corner in like in the Bronx or whatever. Yeah. Brooklyn and uh, like pushing each other into a car and it was just such a scary poisonous place that uh, it fascinated me I was just gonna say so you know it was scary but it had to have some kind of cachet to kind of draw you into it right yeah you eventually you became a hip-hop fan yes so there's something about it that maybe was dark that you were kind of you know it was alluring for you is that is that yeah it was it was dark it was scary but it was also funky and it was new and it was fun and it was kind of uh, a linkage to you know the michael jackson that i've been listening to up to that point right yes yes and you know even if i trace it further back um my dad grew up on the wrong side of the tracks okay my mom grew up on the right side of the tracks okay okay 
So if I was ever in the car with mom, it was always like the Bee Gees and Neil Diamond and like really like, like I guess at the time. Glossy, like, sheeny yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. fun pop at the time. Yeah. But my old man would be like, he'd be in the Cadillac. He'd have, you know, have the cigarette going out of the window. But he'd be playing like Motown and James Brown and nice. funk and soul, right? Yeah. So, you know, looking back now, it was, it was as a lot of guys do, is they look up to their dad, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that music really left an impression on me, I guess, when I was, you know, grade one, two, three, kindergarten, whatever. Definitely. So, you know, that kind of rhythm, those kind of beats sit in the back of your head. Yeah. So when the song, The Message, comes out, and I see this scary, scary place, yeah. right? Yeah. And this crazy video, it drew me in for, you know, not only the, wow, this is what New York City really looks like. Yeah. But also the beats and the funk and the and the feel of the you know of the music made sense, right? That you'd already experienced as yeah, a, as yeah, a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. So there was so a set. If you ever have a chance, watch the video because it's like a bunch of dudes yeah. in like the zipper jackets and the tight leather pants with the cowboy <laughs> boots. But they were like the homeboys. They were like the nineteen like seventy nine homeboys really, right? yeah. in this video. Yeah, yeah. And this is seventy nine. Like this is late seventies, early eighties. It right? was early eighties that the song came out. I think like late seventies, early eighties for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it till like eighty four, eighty five, but yeah, it was out before that. And and they were you know obviously Grandmaster Flash were the pioneers. I can't think of anybody you know in the in the rap or hip hop genre who came before them. And one, one thing that I was thinking as you were saying that is uh, Blondie. Uh, do you know the song Rapture? No, I don't. So I don't know if this is accurate or not, but uh, in Rapture, at the very end of the song, she kind of goes into this extended, like, you know, lyric thing where it's almost like a rap. Okay. And this is late 70s. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and there's somebody named, I, ca I can't remember the dude's name. He's wearing a white suit and a top hat. He's a black guy. Um, uh, his name is like Fab Freddy or something. Like okay. That, right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like rap kind of hip hop overtones before you could see this kind of thing building. That's right. Right. And, and kind of coming yeah. up. Um, but right around that time, I think Grandmaster Flash was on the scene. I'm not, I'm not absolutely certain of the timelines, but this, this, there was this kind of burgeoning thing happening. And, and it came right from the streets, right? So absolutely. And, and often when you see fashion or if you see if you see music, a lot of its roots are kind of from from the streets, whatever right. yes. you know, it's going to be, right? It's like an it's underground a, movement. That's exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, that comes, unfortunately, yeah. to the mainstream because mainstream kills underground. But that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a whole different, <laughs> that's that's a whole whole other different podcast. podcast. Exactly. Yes, sir. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So uh, speaking of underground, uh, your next tune is uh, NWA. Yeah. And the tune is Fuck the Police. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, that's, you know, that's another crazy one as well, too, right? And, and, you know, I liken it to a bit of musical pornography, okay. right? Because it, it's it's one of those songs, especially in albums for sure, Yes. that you didn't want your parents to ever find it. Because <laughs> it's like, the shit those guys were saying yeah. was, un like, who says fuck the police? Well, that, that was a game changer. So when that totally. came out, like, in, in from my perspective, and I think that yeah. Bailey and I talked about this too, I'm not sure. I think that he, he might, he, I don't know if he had, I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You know, there was iced tea to yeah. a degree. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was, like, this really kicked off the gangster rap. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, this was a game changer, right? Like, it was like, okay, wow. Nobody... And this was, like, I want to say 88, 89? Yes, it was 88, I believe. Was it 88? Yeah. And, um, you know, again, is you got you know, four guys there that are totally, totally against the system. Yes. Right? Yeah. 
and they're speaking about, um, you know, we start East Coast with, you know, Grandmaster Flash in New York City. These guys are talking about Compton. So yeah. LA, like now I'm learning that there's some shit happening there as well too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is crazy. Yeah. And I actually bought, I actually bought this tape. I don't know if, if, if Bailey was there with me or not. Yeah. But it's, it's actually kind of a funny story, right? So yeah. uh, we're down on a school trip in Boston. Okay. I want to say 90s. So I'm like grade 10. So what are you, like 14, 15 or something like that? Yeah. And we go to Tower Records in Boston. Nice. And uh, so, you know, like I buy the tape, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Were you familiar with the band like before you bought the tape? Or yeah, I, I'd been exposed. They had an album earlier than that one. So oh. Straight Outta Compton is the album. So they had an album earlier. I don't, I, I'd heard it. I don't know if I owned it at the time. Okay. Right? So, and of, and of course, there's like a black dude working at the cash. <laughs> right? <laughs> of course. So I like uh, I count out like my you know US ones at, yeah. at, the, at the Tower Record because I think I'm gonna be a big badass. Yeah. Right? And uh, I buy this tape. Yeah. Right. And the guy kind of gives me the you know, look like, like do you even know dude. what NWA stands for? Yeah. Right. Like this little kind of Canadian white kid on a school <laughs> trip is gonna buy it, right? But you know, for the band, that's probably when they started to make the money, right? Yeah. Because that's when it became you know this. You have guilty pleasure for all these but people. It, like it resonated through the suburbs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I buy it at Tower Records and I bring it back to the, to, we're staying at a Howard Johnson's. I'll never forget. There was a, an armed guard at the Howard Johnson's. For what reason? I, I, again, school trip, grade 10, we were in like the ghetto of <laughs> Boston at the, at the Hojo, right? Okay. We're at the Hojo. It's like the sequence of this is, you know, is interesting. So I'd like, I bring it home. And, uh, or back to the hotel and I I listened to it and I'm like, holy, this is like, fuck the police. Yeah. The word, like if you listen to the words now, and if you watch the video at the time, I'd never seen the the video, but if you watch it, it's like, it's angry stuff. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So like, I think I'm, I'm like the biggest badass around. Yeah. And the next day we're on a, some sort of like, we're going to go to the symphony or Quincy market or something Something like that. Something that's completely like whitewashed. Something (laughs) totally whitewashed. Right. And uh, I roll out there and I don't know, I wanted to leave early for some reason. So I hop on the subway and like, of course, just when I think I'm like the big badass, yeah. like these two dudes on the subway are totally eyeing me up and chase me out of the subway. No. Yeah, I'm totally going to get mugged for like my eight bucks that I had left in uh, my wallet. Right? Uh, and I run back to the Hojo and I'm like, ah, maybe I'm not a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> maybe after all, I'm not a gangster. <laughs> but I love the music. And the, so in the song and... You know, at the time it was uh, it was so scary. This was you know before Ice Cube was like in Disney movies. Yeah, I know, right? Right. Yeah. This is you know prior to Easy dying of AIDS. Yeah, yeah. And and Dr. Dre making headphones, right? Yeah, Beats. Beats headphones. Who's so, the fourth dude? Uh, MC Ren. That's right. I don't know. He's he's the guy that I don't know what happened to him. He was he like Terminator X? Like he just kind of was in the background. Ah. Uh, yeah, kind of right. I, I, how do you how do you know who Terminator X? Is? Hey man, I'm hey. up on this shit. So there is NWA, my first exposure <laughs> to the next stage of the scary hip hop genre. Mm. Uh, okay, so next you have got. I, I'm not super familiar with this. It's uh, Eric B and Rakim, and the song is called "Paid in Full." Paid in full. Now, there's the original, and then there's a remix done by a, a European. I think it was DJ. Okay. Called Seven Minutes of Madness. Okay. 
by this DJ Cold Cut or something like that. Obscure. Cold Cut. (laughs) So, like, if you think of this song, this would be, you know, late 80s as well, too, right? Okay. Mid, mid kind of to late 80s. Yeah. The remix was significantly better than the first one, in my opinion, than the original. Okay. And the remix is probably the most popular of of the two. Right. Very similar. Yeah. Um, but this DJ added a whole bunch of like crazy things to it. Okay. Right. So this is like the first time that it almost seemed theatrical to me. Okay. And if you've never heard this remix, I strongly suggest that anybody you know kind of hooks it up. Yeah. There is um, chanting of a 16th century hebrew poem no really yeah, at the beginning wow there's a bunch of like samples of like english professors coming in but it's very very how can i describe it it's 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 very theatrical as far okay. as hip-hop it's not as angry is it almost like like a tribe call quest kind of thing do you know not, what i mean well not quite not quite okay not quite because eric b and rakeem were not um as fun loving shall we say as Tribe okay. Call quest i know nothing about these dudes this is interesting yeah so uh, he he had a very distinct voice okay rakeem so okay. eric b was the dj okay um but it's uh it's it's a very theatrical song with a lot of stuff happening if you have a chance to actually listen to it, and I would encourage anybody to, it, it was kind of a gateway to the next step of hip hop. Okay. Right. So, what year was that? Like early nineties? Uh, no, it would be late eighties. Okay. Late eighties for this okay. one. Yeah. Okay. I've heard of them. I know nothing about them. Yeah. And, okay. and they ended up going on for you know four or five albums. Again, not a lot of commercial success. Yeah. This was probably their biggest commercial success. Really. That eh? they had most likely. Okay. And again, it was a remix from some like DJ. Wow! Seven minutes of madness, Jensen. Really? Yeah. So that's your life. Yeah, (laughs) actually, yes, it is. In a lot of in a lot of ways, it is. Um, That just reminded me when you said the remix of uh, "Pump Up the Volume" by by Mars. So you know the story behind that. "Pump Up the Volume" is actually a sample on "Paid in Full." What? Yeah. Really? Yep. It's one of the samples. How about that? Didn't that story go that it was just like two dudes like you and I who pieced a whole bunch of stuff together? Because if you listen to the song, it's very cool. I love it. Like I play it. I play it a lot. Like when I have parties, I play play it all the time. You'd probably be hard pressed not to hear it at a party that you go to at my house. Um, But it was a bunch of guys who just put together this whole song. And what they did was they sent, they made like, you know, God knows how many number of of cassettes and fired them all out to radio stations and, uh, and, and people started playing it. And then it just blew up. Yeah. But it wasn't like, it was just like two guys who did this, right? That's all it takes sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... It's, it's amazing. So, again, that's sampled in the song as well, too. No way. Yeah, yeah. What part? Pump up the volume. Like the actual chorus? Yeah. Pump up? Okay, yeah. okay, cool. So there's a lot of really cool, like, ridiculous stuff in that song that's yeah. like, I don't know. I can't I'm sure just... that there's more. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Love it, yeah. Eric B and Rakim. All right, I'll check that out. Uh, so the next tune is uh, one that was, I will tell you, it was on Bailey's list. I'm pretty, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. It is uh, Public Enemy, Fight the Power. I don't know if he had Fight the Power. He definitely had P. We talked about Fight the Power. Yeah. Yeah. You probably had Don't Believe the Hype. No, actually, I know, I know it was not that. You prob- Knowing him again, because he's a punk, it was probably <laughs> 911 is a joke. No. Which was it, like one of their worst ones oh, ever. I know, I know. It was a terrible song. Yeah. I know. I totally know that song. No, it was not that one. Okay. That's funny. 
but yeah, so so fight the power. What's up with that? Fight the power was very political again. So we go back to the kind of NWA side of things. Yes. And and the difference is Easy E from from NWA was just like a street thug rapping. Yep. Chuck D was a very educated, Absolutely. intelligent, intelligent guy. Yes. Right. There's no question. And not that Easy wasn't, but I guess he made a few bad decisions. <laughs> Maybe one or two. <laughs> Maybe one or twelve. <laughs> and um, but you know Chuck D was speaking about things that as you know again. As as a Canadian guy, you know, who was growing up in, you know, albeit a, a very multicultural suburb of Toronto and Scarborough. Yeah. You know, we didn't have the same problems like they had in the U.S., I believe, at least. Right, 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 right. right. And Chuck D and, uh, and Flavor Flav and the S1Ws and Terminator what? X. What's the S1Ws? That was like his, he had like, they're almost like dancers. Is it like a girl singing group? No, 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 not like SWV. <laughs> okay. no, 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 no. This was like, they were like dressed as military officers. Were they men or women? They were men. Okay. Who were like just marching around the stage, almost as if an army. Really? Right? So <laughs> here's Chuck Dean. He's talking about serious stuff like Malcolm X. Yes, right? absolutely. Which, you know, as again, as a Canadian guy, it, was, it seemed very foreign at the time. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was always offset with Flavor Flav. I, see, I could never understand that dichotomy. And I, Bailey and I talked about this a little yeah. bit too. That So here you have Chuck D, who is an educated, extremely passionate man, you know, in, in his political views. And you took him extremely seriously, right? So then you had, you know, uh, way off on the other end of the spectrum, a, a flunky, like, <laughs> crackhead. crackhead yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's got the clock around his neck and all the stuff. And so you hear Chuck D and it's like, wow. And then Flavor Flavor is like, hey. You know? yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just like, so like, why are those guys together? Yeah. I could never figure that out. I think, and I don't know. I'd like to have Chuck D for the next pod, uh, I would, podcast. I would love to, an I, amazing guy to talk to. I would love to ask him that question. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he was so wise, he figured out that his intelligence might not appeal to everybody. Okay. So it had to be offset with a guy who's just talking smack and yeah. having fun, right? I guess. And it, it kind of balanced how serious his, his message was, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I believe, right? And then Terminator X was kind of in the middle, balancing the whole thing out. <laughs> I guess. Did he, did he do, I guess with a guy by the name of Terminator X. I know. Did he do anything? Like, what, did he spin records? Like, what did he do? He was, he was the DJ, man. He was on the wheels of steel. <laughs> he was kicking on the wheels of steel, man. You can't get public PE going without the guy on the wheels of steel. Like, you know what, what was his job? Like, what did he do? Like, did he just, <laughs> like, he? like, what? With the, You've been <laughs> listening to Wasp for way too long. <laughs> What did he do? Like, what was he doing? He was the DJ. He didn't like rap or anything, did he? No, he didn't rap. He was in charge of the beats. So tell me what that means. <laughs> what is that? So he what would is... be playing. You'd have the two turntables at the time. Okay. Now everybody's got. It's all like electronics. Skrillex and Dead Mouse and exactly. Okay. Skrillex. How do you know Skrillex? Hey man, I'm up on this stuff. Come on. Somebody sent you a tweet or something. <laughs> So he'd be like, he'd be, he'd, he'd be doing the scratching. He'd be doing like the sampling. He'd be doing all the crossfader as they call it and bring things, bring there you in go. and out. So that was, that was his job. So, so that was his role. All yeah. right. He probably said a couple of words here and there. Did he? Probably. I have no idea. Just like, yeah. I just always say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's right. I'm That's sure it. he did that. That's it. All right. <laughs> 
Terminator X. But yeah, man, it was it was it was scary stuff. That's a pretty good gag. Yeah. If you can get it. You just throw in a little every now and again. Yeah, and just kind of scratch some record. I wanted to be the S one W. The guy walking around on the stage with a military outfit? Yeah, all they did was just march. You can still do that. <laughs> I wonder what those guys are doing now. What would that be... guy be doing now? Or how many like two or three dudes? I want to say like three dudes, right? Yeah. What would they like what you know <laughs> I think that's an easily replaceable role. Because <laughs> you just gotta wear a uniform and just kind of march with a very stern face. Uh, do but, they have like, like do they have guns or anything? I don't think so. No? They're I don't think like, so. What do they all march together? I don't know. Yeah, like they're just kind of like <laughs> facing the stage, kind of doing odd marching moves. Right. And but next, it was again, it was very political. It was very you know, Elvis, he's a straight up racist. And I remember like, what? Wow. Yeah. That's a line from Fight the Power. Elvis, he's a straight up racist. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. I didn't think Elvis was a racist. Was he a racist? No, I don't think so. I don't uh, think so either. I don't think so. Wow. Not according to Chuck Dean, Flavor Flay. Jeez. Mm-hmm. See, I'm learning shit on this That's show, it. Jamer. That's it. Isn't this great? <laughs> I'm learning lots too. <laughs> I don't know about that, but. I'm learning that you know Skrillex. Well, yeah, and uh, don't forget Dead Mouse. Mm-hmm. Right? With the big helmet or whatever he's wearing. He's there. from Niagara Falls, Dead Mouse. I know, he is, right? Oh. Is, he, he's from, is it Niagara Falls or is it like Grimsby? <laughs> oh. I don't know. Now we're going to get specific? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what street he's on. It totally does not matter. Yeah. No one's going to know where Grimsby is. Uh, no. One of the Peach Kings. <laughs> A lot of peaches in Grimsby for those folks. A lot, yeah, yeah. If you don't know about Grimsby, it's a big peach uh, outfit. Anyway, so <laughs> next tune is uh, I know this one. You know this one. Yes, it is. So on your list, Maestro, but I know Maestro as Maestro Fresh Wes, and yes. I understand, I guess, that he kind of cut that short, and now he calls himself Maestro. That's right. Is that right? Uh, and the tune is "Let Your Backbone Slide." And I'm sure Bailey picked this one. He might have. <laughs> I don't remember if he did. being so committal. I, I think that he did. I think he did. He, he better have, because I know that he was involved in this song. See, he ranked his songs from 10. Like, I don't, I don't endorse this. I, I just want you to come in with a bunch of tunes. Yeah. He actually did a top 10. So he said from 10 to 1, you know, this, and he went from 10 to 1. I can't wait to hear his number one, because I guarantee it's garbage. Uh, I know what his number one is in my mind right now, and I will tell you at the end of this Perfect. podcast. Perfect. Yeah. That's a good thing, because if you tell me now, I'll spend the next half an hour telling you about how crap it is. Yeah. Unless it's on my list, and then he's a smart guy. It actually is on your list. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it Damn. is. All right. Anyways, Backbone Slide. So this is Maestro Fresh West, good Canadian boy. Yes. Grew up in the projects of Glendower. Uh, where's that? Uh, Birch Mountain Finch. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so that is, or that was about 12 bus stops away from our high school. Okay. So for all intents and purposes in 1990 or whenever the song came out, yeah. he was he was like one of our own. He was right. like, what's his name, Wesley Williams or something? I don't know. Is that right? Maestro. <laughs> he was maestro. <laughs> of course. He was, <laughs> his his, his, bir- his birth name is, is Maestro. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so he was, um, you know, again, really talented guy, a Canadian guy. Canadian hip-hop at the time was awful. Yeah, he, like who else was? Well, Kish. <laughs> Kish. <laughs> Kish Bailey? Kish was on the scene. Kish Bailey was Around on the, the world scene. in... in 80, I rhyme the world. I rhyme the world. I can't believe you don't know that. Because he was garbage. Is that on Bailey's list? Is that on Bailey's no, list? No, God, no. He hates Kish. 
but I liked Kish. When I was in, in high school, and you know that I grew up in, in God knows where, like four hours north of Toronto, like out in the No hip-hop ever. Still not. Like zero. Still not. Exactly. But much music was kind of my window to the yep. world, right? And they played Kish. Uh, I rhyme the world in 80 days. Yep. And it's funny because... You know, I saw this guy Kish, and I'm like, he's 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 got like an Asian look, but he's white. He's kind of, you know, yeah. I don't know. I just, and then when I met Bailey, I kind of made this comparison between Bailey and Kish. Yeah. And then he told me that you guys went to parties At where N- Kish would rap. Nick Leobotis's parties in the basement. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which freaked me out. That's true. Yeah. So, but he rolled in Kish like you know because in our mind again, then we'll get back to. Fresh West in a second. We've got to yeah. play with Kish first. Yes, please. Kish was, he was probably a little after Backbone Slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Probably a little bit after. Yeah. But like here, like here we go. Like we think that, you know, now Scarborough is like the next up and coming Bronx, right? Hotbed of. Hotbed of hip hop. Yeah. Because we got this guy Kish around the world in eight days or whatever the heck it was. Now, was he that popular? He was on much music, so he's, so, he's yeah, better than me. Exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly. At the time. So when he, he rolls, rolls into in, the party, it's like, holy it, fuck, Kish is here. But, like, as you think of him, you know, like, rolling in in, like, a, a sweet ride. Like, I remember uh, the Informer Snow, lick it, boom, boom, down. Remember, remember <laughs> yes. him, Yeah, of course. He used to roll in in, like, a Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? At yeah. the time. Like, convertible. Yeah. Kish rolled in, like, a 1979 Pontiac Parisienne. Like, <laughs> it was his mom's car. <laughs> it was his mom's car. It was all buggered. I don't, he probably got ripped off from whoever signed him. But he had a song. But he used to come... And it was it was at uh, Nick Leibotis's house. I remember sp- like just like it was yesterday. Okay. He his like big Parisian rolls in. He comes down. Yeah. And he had like a hip hop battle in the, the basement of, of Nick's. Yeah. Are you this see- guy from our high school? I, I, Bailey knows his name, but Gonzalez or someone's last name. Seriously. And they were like like throwing down like he's like you see in uh, Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Right. No, like yeah. like a rap off. A rap off. Are you kidding? I'm dead serious. Who? Dead, and, and people have like a circle around. They were like, no, go Kish, go Kish. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was just oh, like that, wow. man. It was like 1991. It was hilarious. So that is so funny. Yeah. So did yeah. Kish win? Did he like crush the other guy? Actually, the other guy held his <laughs> held his own weight, but I think because we all knew the other guy and like you know, Kish rolled in. Yeah, yeah. Tried to meet the girls, right? It's like you're cheering for the underdog. Yeah, we're cheering for the underdog. So that is so funny. Yeah. So there's Kish. Wow. Kish the Informa, but that leads us back to Maestro. So Maestro right. is like a local guy, right? Yes. And and this is the first song that I really remember. And you talk about making your skin vibrate. This was like literally making my skin vibrate. Cool. Because it was played at our school dances. And they played it. Yes. Like seven times. Because it was like a local guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember this was the first song. A, I felt a connection because it was like a guy down the street, quote unquote. Okay. But it was also at the school dance. So this is like when you're, you know, experiencing the kind of drinking in the park before you go, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now I've got like bass literally like pounding my heart yeah. with the song seven times. Yeah. And part of his dance crew came to one of our dances with their little special jackets on. If you ever see the video, they got like like special team jackets. Oh, really? For their yeah. dance crew. That's funny. And they rolled into the dance and it was like, Without he was him. kind of like one of ours, right? Yeah. Did he not show up? No, he didn't show up. No, he was, he was probably worrying about uh, all of his other affairs. Just a dance crew came over. <laughs> all I right, guess that's it. Nice, that's cool. Go. The maestro. Now he's in like the grassy now or something, isn't he? I have no idea what he's doing now. He was like an actor for a little while. Was he? He's done all right. 
I have no idea. Much like Ice Cube, he is he's much less gangster now. He's like he played a teacher in Degrassi, the new the yeah. next generation or something. Yeah, it, it, it just spoils it, right? I know. It, it, you know, it, that's hard. That's a really hard thing because um, you know it's almost like Metallica, right? Yeah. When Metallica came out, they were so badass. Like it yeah. was scary. Yeah. Kill them all. Their first record. Yeah. Right, ride the lightning. I mean, you can't keep that shit up. You just as you <laughs> well, as you, as you age. Free. Well, exactly. <laughs> right, daycare and yeah. you know, like you just can't. But yeah. it, it it is sad in a sense because it's like that's what I want to remember you as. Like I know. But at the same time, I mean, you you have to give these people latitude. You yeah. know, Ice Cube, I think, is an extraordinary case just oh, because God. like the Disney movies were. Well, Eddie Murphy was the same thing. Yes. Yeah, right? like super badass turned to, you know, whatever he did. I, he was I, a dad on like 45 Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. With a talking dog and something else, right? Yeah, it's awful. It, the, yeah that's rough. So your next tune is Can I Kick It by A Tribe Called Quest. Or by Lou Reed. What? <laughs> Have you ever heard the song? No, by Lou Reed. Yeah, check it out. Walk on the wild side. Oh, that. Okay, I was gonna say, like, he didn't do a song. Called, Can I kick it? <laughs> no, I don't think he did. <laughs> so is that is they use a sample? Clearly. Big time, yeah. Okay, big time. Yeah. All right. No, it's, uh, it's tribe called Quest is is one of those you know desert island bands for me for sure. So I, so sorry before you go on, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll spoil this part for you. Yeah. So Bailey, when he was on the show, said, uh, uh, "All right, so let's get started." And he said to me, "Can I kick it?" And I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. Like, not knowing. Right. And he goes, oh, this is off to a really bad start. And I said, what are you, like, what are you talking about? We didn't even start yet. And he goes, dude, you have no idea about a tribe called Quest. They have a song called Can I Kick It? I felt like an idiot. Anyway, so now it's funny that you have this song on your playlist. Yes. All right. So, Tribe Called Quest is total different story from the world of like NWA, right? Yes, absolutely. This is, this is jazzy. This is groovy. This and is I funky. love that about it. And and Q-Tip has this voice that it just like melted butter goes over everything. Yes. It's beautiful, right? Yes. Tribe Called Quest is one of those bands you can put on at any party. Yep. It can be background music. It can, it, it can be foreground music. And it just fits. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, so they started with, uh, I left my wallet in El Segundo. That's from, not Tribe Called Quest. That is, I left my wallet in El Segundo. Got to get, get it. Got, 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 got to, to get, get it. it. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm serious. That's man. a Tribe Called Quest? That's a Tribe Called Quest. I love that song. Yeah. And that I is have from no their, idea. That is from their first album. No. What's yes. the album called? I can't remember because it's not one of my favorites. Wow. So it started with that one. And then uh, on the same album, I think it was Bonita Apple Bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know right. that's too. Holy shit. So from the same first album. Okay. And then it moves to the album with, you know, Can I Kick It Afterwards, right? And which one was that? Do you remember? Oh. It's not Midnight Marauders. No, no. It it's, went, uh, oh, sorry. Can I Kick It might be on the same album as El Segundo. I think it is. I think you're right. Yeah, it's, sorry. What's, what, Midnight Marauders' second record? Is that right? Or third? Low End Theory was her second. No, that was the third, wasn't it? Or was it? Oh my God, we're going to have to get Google out here. I thought Low End 3 was number two. I'm not, I, I, you could be completely, yeah. I don't know. But they had Midnight Marauders, Low End Theory. They have a whole bunch of you yeah. know, great tracks you can just put on. Like like if you're studying, put the albums on. Yeah, and like Award Tour is an amazing Oh tune, yeah, Award right? Tour, amazing. Yeah, I love it. I think that was one of their highest charting songs. That, that, was, had, that was on Bailey's list. Was it? Award yeah. Tour, yeah. Hey? yeah. Okay, good yeah. for him. He's going a little bit later. He's going deeper in the crates. Yes. Which I've called Quest. <laughs> That's but right. But it's, uh, you know, I've got you know, three or four of their albums. I put them on. 
just let them play through whether yeah. you're studying whether you're chilling out whether you're in people over just you know amazing stuff and can i kick it i picked that one it's hard to pick of all of their songs which one would be uh, on the list but really that was one that kind of no pun intended kicked it off for me with tribe nice awesome so, i'm great, gonna check out band. el segundo i had no idea that was yeah. there i love that song yeah. it's one of the songs that you just kind of hear in the periphery and you know it yeah, but I did not make the connection that it was actually a tribe called Quest. That is so fantastic. Exactly, and they were like always, always fun loving. I'd love that right? about them. Yeah, Q Tech especially. Died this year, or I think it was last year, or yeah, sort of 2017, or maybe so. two years ago. No, I don't think it was that long ago. No, yeah, no, he was a amazingly talented guy. Um, yeah. Had. Uh, had some health issues. Actually, yeah. first came up was a, on the Arsenio Hall show, and like he like went into like a diabetic coma. Like really? as he was performing, it was like rushed to hospital after. In the nineties. In the nineties, yeah. Oh wow, wow. And uh, I think he had a kidney transplant, or he's like he's, like he's had uh, terrible kidneys for for years, and I think ultimately it was part of that that killed him. But wow. too young. But you know, Q Tip's still out there. He's still, I like Q Tip's voice is great. Oh yeah. You know, and a word tour, like he just, he does the first verse. Yep. And it's so good. Well, he was also on Grooves in the Heart. Remember that? Grooves in the Heart. He's on that? Yeah. Come on. Yes. What part? He Well, he's, he's the guy who's rapping. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I, see, I'm learning so it's much Grooves right in now. the Heart. This yeah. is unbelievable. So who sang that one again? I, I can't it was think. Delight. Delight, yeah. He's he's the guy who's rapping on it. Q-tip. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. That's awesome. Check out one of the songs, which is like a compilation song called Scenario. Okay. So with Busta Rhymes, he yeah. comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. I just heard that song yeah. the other day. Yeah. What's, a, what's, a, what's a scenario? Yes. Yeah. I just Great heard that. Song. That is so funny. Because yeah. Busta Rhymes did something with a Tribe Called Quest or Q-Tip mm -hmm. uh, a couple times, right? Like oh, they, yeah. they, They've done a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's very there cool. Nice. Girls love in it. the heart. Love it. Um, oh, your next tune is one that I love. Oh, really? Yes. It is House of Pain, and uh, it's called Jump Around. I love this tune. See, right? what you got to understand about this song now, and this is what sucks in 2017. What's that? Is because, you know, like my kids know this song, right? And and you hear the song at every baseball game. There's like a 65-year-old lady, like, jumping up and down with a hot dog <laughs> at like a Mariners game. It's become so commercial now that, yeah. you know, people hear, hear it, and they're like, oh, like, you know, that's from the such and such commercial, or that's from such and such a Disney movie, or it's, this is like I always hear that at the baseball game. It's homogenized. When I this song is the single most influential song for me really? as as a person. Yeah, right? really. Uh, it made me do things that no other songs would ever make me do, or bands, I should say. Right? Okay. It was this song that made me shave my head and pierce both my ears. No yes, way. Sir. Yes, really? Sir. Yeah. Wow. Because if you, you know, this would have been 91, this is 91, 92? I believe 91, 91 this 92. Came out. Yeah. So again, like I'm, I'm kind of at the stage of hip hop that I've got all the hip hop albums and I've, you know, I love hip hop, but it's still, you know, it's still kind of foreign to me a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah. As a, you know, an Irish Scottish kind of guy. Yeah. It's still a little bit foreign to me. Yeah. And I'll never forget the first time I ever heard the song was in Rocky Punwani's car. Okay. Citation. <laughs> Okay. It was an awful card. It had a hole in the floor. Because it rusted out, so you throw your McDonald's wrapper on the floor Come when you're like wheeling down 401, right? Come on. Yeah. So, but but he had a good he had a good stereo system in it, of course, right? Of course he did. Shitty yeah. car, awesome this stereo. Is the most important thing about your car. Right? Yeah. And the first time I ever heard it was in the beer store parking lot at Victoria Park in Finch, and we right. played the song, and I'm like, 
wow. Oh, yeah. It's like, what a song this is, right? Yes. Uh, but again, I didn't know what they looked like. I didn't know what they were all about. I just knew that, like, great song. Yeah. Great lyrics. Yeah. Excellent samples. Excellent great, hook. great Everything execution. Good, right? Yeah, amazing. Excellent, amazing execution. So shortly after, on Much Music appears the video. Yeah. And I looked at it and said, oh my, like this, these are the people I had that, like, th these are them. Yeah. I've yeah. now finally found my tribe. Yeah. Right? So let me ask you a question. So you heard the song and there's a little bit of a lag between you hearing the mm -hmm. song and then seeing the actual people who are, you know, responsible for the song. What did you think they looked like? Nothing like they really did. Right. Isn't right. that, isn't that so strange? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was actually better. Yeah. Right? Oh, really? Well, because I loved the song. Yeah. 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 But I didn't realize how much I loved it till I, I identified with the people that were actually singing it and, and performing it, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's, I'm sure you've seen it a hundred times. Oh, absolutely. Day, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, a bunch of, you know, early 20s, late teen hooligans. That's right. In an Irish pub in New York. It's set to be in, in Boston. It was actually filmed in New York. Yeah. And, uh, like, they are, are wearing, like, the same plaid that I was wearing. And it's like, man, i got to shave my head now. One of the dudes has a Celtics jersey on, doesn't he? Lots of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's Everlast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, it, I just identified with it. My only kind of caveat to that one was was Everlast had, a, had, like, a moderately popular hit in advance. I can't even think of, of what the name was. And it was so cheesy and so corny, and it, okay. it played on Rap City probably four years before that. Okay, I got the knack. That's what it was called. I got the knack. Oh, really? Yeah. And he has like pretty boy hair. No, and really? he's wearing a suit. And he's in a boxing ring. I never last right. And he was so soft. Really? And I didn't even know for you know six months after I fell in love with Jump Around and House of Pain that it yeah. was actually Everlast, the Everlast from that right. shitty video, right? <laughs> I watched that thing and I said, oh my God, like, this is like, I can now be proud to love hip hop. I can share that I love hip, uh, hip hop. And I listened to that tape yeah. until it was worn right through. Oh, for sure. And, you know, unbelievable, right? Yeah, that tune is fantastic. And uh, I don't know if it's on if it's on Bailey's list or not. No, it's not. Uh, how could it not be? I, I, <laughs> so a good Irishman, like, see, that's what I told you. I know. he's an garbage. Irishman too. That's he's right. an Irishman. Like, yeah. He's full blooded Irishman with the shamrock tattoos everywhere. Yeah. because he thinks it's too commercial. Now is a problem. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Right. But uh, you got to tune him in for that. If you think about hearing, <laughs> yeah, exactly, tune him in for that. One. He's, he's probably German. He just doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> But if you, you know, if you think about the song and the video and everything when it was first released in 91, 92 or whatever, yeah. how different it is now, it, it, it's almost hard to unlearn what you know now Yes, because of how commercial it's, it's actually become, but it was hardcore, it was underground, it was roughneck, let's kick some shit, yeah. put on your shit kickers and kick some shit. Yeah. That's what it was all about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually Everlast, who's, who's gone on, you know, post House of Pain to... Uh, kind of a rock and a blues kind of career, and he's he's now touring again as as House of Pain. Yeah, he hates those lyrics. Right? Really? Yeah, he does because they mean nothing. Yeah, and 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 I think now that he's older and he's a little bit more his his skill as an artist has evolved and his yeah. songs have a lot more deeper meaning. Yeah, like it's just talking about nonsense, right? Yeah, pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. <clears throat> I came to win, battle me. It's a sin. It's just garbage. I'm talking garbage. Right. So he actually said that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. It, it made him a millionaire. Huh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally. Yeah.
And I, I mean, I think you have to appreciate that stuff for what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's one thing to appreciate that for what it is and realize that that was kind of your lot in life at the time or, or whatever. But I'm actually surprised that he actually was that extreme and said it was just a bunch of bullshit. And yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, hmm. like you just, cause you don't often hear that from artists that kind of say, well, I was a little bit naive and I was just a kid. Yeah. So give me a little bit of latitude. But it's funny that he actually said... Obviously, I love the song for what it, it did for me and yeah. and for the guys. Yeah. Right? Um, but, you know, like the lyrics mean nothing. Huh. It's garbage. It, and, and if you really listen, it would just... It is. I mean, it's, it's, words, you know, right? no, you know, artistic sophistication yeah. involved, you know, but yeah. I mean, you know, there's a certain kind of cachet involved with that. Yeah. Right? It's just like stupid. It's like, you know, I, I kind of like my rock a little bit dumb. Yeah, well, it's, that's what that's what rock is. So jump around is pretty dumb. Yeah, <laughs> so, jump around. Well, there's a, there's a certain value in that. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, but mm. excellent. Like of of my top ten, this one was for sure, bar none. End of story. The one that had the most influence on me as awesome. far as songs go. That is great. That is so great. Yeah. I'm ninety nine point nine percent positive this is not on Kent Bailey's list. Uh, I would hate to like have it be on his list if this episode actually goes on. It was. I'm pretty sure it's not. I should have looked at his song list. Okay. We'll look at it after, but uh, pretty sure it wasn't. But I do know that he's a huge fan of this too. All right, dude, you have two songs left on your list, and uh, only two. You've got two. That's it. So the uh, next one is a song called "Come Clean" by <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I don't even know how to. It's, it's Jeru the Damaja. Is that right? One more time. Say it one more time. No, I'm not gonna say it. You're not gonna say it one more time. No, eh? no I'm not. Yes. I, I don't, you yes. Say it. How do you say it? Exactly like you did. It was perfect. Jeru the Damaja. What's the deal with that? Okay, we're gonna go back to the East Coast again here. So we're gonna go to going back from the West to the East Coast. All right. This guy was incredibly talented. So who is this dude? Jeru. Jeru. He's, he's he's just an enigma from from Brooklyn, New York. Is he like Cardinal Official? Um, is, he, is he more badass? He sounds probably, like he's maybe a little he, bit more yeah, badass. He's probably a little bit more badass because <laughs> he's a damage. <laughs> and I know that we laugh at the name. But this song called Come Clean. Yeah. Again, he was a very talented hip-hop artist. Okay. He uh, it has a lot of respect from those who know hip-hop and the artists who, who kind of made it on the, on the East Coast. Okay. Never really had commercial success. Okay. I think this may be his most popular successful, chain. popular song. Yeah. Um, but the weird story about this and why I, I had to add this was because I probably had four years of searching for this song. How's that? Again, this is pre-Google. This is pre-Internet. Internet, all those kind of things like that, right? Yeah. So you would hear a song... And if the two people standing next to you didn't know what it was, you're pooch. There was no app that you could hold no up to the speaker and Shazam. Sure there was no Shazam. There was nothing. Yeah. So you heard a song. Do you know what it is? Nope. Do you know what it is? Nope. And you say, well, hopefully I hear it again. I know. Wasn't that crazy? It was, yeah. What it was did crazy. we do? I don't know what we did. I know, we went, I, I, <laughs> we yeah. fell in love with Jeru the Damage is what we did. <laughs> so this song has a very unique beginning to it. Okay. With, uh, as I described in, in the back of my mind, yeah. being almost like a raindrop sound, which is not, that's not what it is. Okay. But in my mind, that's what it was. Okay. And I heard this at a club in Toronto. Yeah. And it was so amazing, but nobody knew what it was called. Okay. And I spent four years oh. trying to find what this song was called. That's cool. Yeah. 
And and because he was so underground, I, I didn't even know how to find him. I yeah. never heard him again at a club. I never heard him again on anybody's mixtape or CD or right. And like you can't walk into you know HMV and, and say, whatever. It sounds like a raindrop. Boop 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 boop. <laughs> like you sound like an idiot going yeah, in there, yeah. and, and and they would have no idea what you were talking about. Yeah. So. This song made the list because of the four-year journey to actually find what the song was. Okay, that's really cool. And 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 it's still there because I it's still on my on my heavy rotation now for tunes. Yeah, totally. And and, and and do you remember the t- when you actually found out like what the song was called and who it was? I remember seeing it again on Much Music because this is all all pre-internet stuff, right? Right. So this would right. have been I believe ninety four ninety five. And probably four years later, three years later, I probably saw it on on Much Music. Yeah. And okay. I think I was drunk. And you were just thrilled. It's and like... I was thrilled, but I didn't have a pen. But I said, I will never forget this. No, right? of course, of course. And then I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so pissed off. That was like your big chance. I know. It's like, oh. Because uh, like, I'm awake at like 2 in the morning. Yeah, you started like 2 in the morning. Like, and... rap city. Uh, I got like cheese and crackers <laughs> on my bare chest eating in front of the TV, right? And I was like, oh, no. But, like, I knew I was getting closer because, like, I knew kind of, like, I remembered some syllables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, like, somebody the somebody. Yeah. So, like, at least at a starting point. Yeah. At some point in time, I think it was when Napster came out. Yeah. Well, what was that? Like, 98. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, a few years after that, because when, you know, now it's free. Yeah. So I could just kind of go through something to something and you just slowly go down that wormhole of, of yeah. finding out what's what, right? That's so funny. Three, two, and again, check it out. All right. So it's not on Bailey's list? It was definitely not on Bailey's list. Yeah. I would have remembered that one. I, I, I'm actually interested to hear what he's going to say about, you know, this list. And, he's going to say, uh, I've never heard of it. Because yeah. he's not underground like I'm underground. Oh. He's above ground. <laughs> Garbage. Probably has Ice Ice Baby or something on that. If he has Ice Ice Baby, I'm walking out of this right now. He didn't have that. Okay, good. He did have MC Light Cold Rocket Party, <laughs> which I... MC Light? Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. And he was loving it, too. Yeah. Uh, you guys are going to hack on each other so nice. hard after this. All right. Uh, your last tune is 50 Cent. 50 Cent. In the club. <laughs> in the club. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go in the club? Right? Of course. My club on. That's right. It it stopped with Jeru the Damaja. <laughs> Jeru. Probably not even saying it right because I don't think I remember. <laughs> He's so underground I can't say his name. You're like a white Scarborough kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then like after that, hip hop like late nineties, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, hip hop fell apart, man. Really? Tupac's killed. Yes. Biggie Smalls, who should have been on my list, but just I just couldn't do it. I was actually surprised not to say yeah. that on your list. Love I love Biggie, but yeah, he didn't make my skin vibrate. Yeah, right? see, I like that you did that. Yeah. So so good on you for doing that because this isn't about your favorite songs. Yes, it's about these songs that make your skin vibrate. Exactly, that just make you feel that thing. Exactly, loved his songs, but I couldn't find one that that was worthy of the top ten list. Yeah, good. So he's murdered. Tupac's murdered. Hip hop kind of falls apart a little bit, right? Suge Knight's all involved with everybody. I'm sure you've heard of Suge Knight. Death Row Records. Death Row Records, man. So everything's kind of falling apart. I think Easy. I don't know when he died of AIDS, but it was probably in and around that time as well too. Or NWO was kind of gone. So hip hop for me kind of went into a funk. Yeah. No pun intended. Also, at this time, kind of mid to late '90s, I'm living in Sudbury. 
where hip hop's not readily available <laughs> at all. Do you think? Ever. <laughs> and um, so I'm kind of being introduced to rock because I was such a hip hop head. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting my, you know, grassroots rock and roll knowledge. And that, if I may say so, that was a very interesting transformation for me to watch with you because I, I was a, I was an upper year guy and you were a freshman. So, you know, you came in and I knew that you're a hip hop guy, you're the hip hop haircut, the whole thing. Like you look great, <laughs> but I, I, not great. <laughs> but I watched you transform into this rock guy. I mean, not a, like a rock, like, you know, devil horns guy, but like a rock guy from a hip hop guy. And it was really interesting. Yeah. But it, you were, in essence, a product of your environment. Of course. In a way, which is really cool. Right? Of course. Yeah. And that's a whole other podcast. But anyway. That, that's a whole other podcast. But I, you know, I went through a good four or five years of, you know, not having hip hop accessible. accessible to you. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm hanging around with guys. You remember Speedy and the guys like that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, these guys just, yeah. they were, you know, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, like Metallica, yeah. we're in Kiss, right? Yeah. And these are my buddies. So it's like, I yeah. can only, I can only crank exactly. Funk Dubious so long. They're like, get this <laughs> shit off. Right? So, but I, but like, I, I kind of learned from scratch, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. like, I knew Zeppelin a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. Um, but, you had an appreciation for that stuff, yeah, which I, which like, I, I like I knew some of their songs. Yeah, but you, yeah, I, you, but I didn't really know. Like, you know, Guns and Roses, I maybe knew probably Paradise City. I'd heard it, right? Yeah, but it's not but like you I didn't it. own any rock albums. I was like totally. I'm a 20 year old guy who didn't own any rock albums. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of took a hiatus mm -hmm. from hip hop. Yeah. And it was you know learning about rock from the ground up, man. It was like, oh, these Rolling Stones are pretty good, right? Right. But you know what, Brad? I did the same thing. So I was a metal kid in high school, and I had no time. Like, Led Zeppelin was, like, older people's music. So yeah. when, you, when you're 15, 16, you know, in 1987, Led Zeppelin's for, like, old people, right? I was into, like, Motley Crue, and Guns came out the year after that, and Metallica, and I mean, like, that music was for me, yeah. right? That was my kind of generation's thing. So I totally get what you're saying by that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like I'm I'm learning from the ground up, so I kind of let go of, of my mistress hip hop for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Plus it was all falling apart anyways, as I said with Tupac and everybody. Yeah. So the last song on my list was Fifty Cent in the Club. Yes. Which was early two thousands. And so I've been now I've bought all the kind of CDs of A C D C and I'm I'm learning that whole kind of thing. Yeah. And for the first time in a good five five years, let's say. Yeah. I hear a song once yeah. and I immediately love it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's and there's very few songs in life that I hear once that the first time I hear it, first, you know, four bars, I'm like, I love this song. That's a magical feeling. Right? Yeah. And it's it's fifty cent in the club of right. all things, right? <laughs> and it brought me back into hip hop. And that's where I could do like my my next twenty songs. But yeah. he was the gateway back in to say, you know, wait a minute, it's I love this yet. music. Yeah. And I love all the kind of different sounds and styles and genres of hip hop. Yeah. But I, I, I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. Now 50 Cent now is Vitamin Water in a reality show and he's bank. Like, yeah. again, at the time, here was a guy who was, you know, shot six times legit. Yes. On a crack deal. Yeah. Um, he's on a treadmill and he's ripped. Yeah. And he's full of ink and he's badass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the 
overall production of that song was so heavy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That it was like, I'm back. I'm yeah. back. Yeah. That's a good, uh, that's a good way to close out your list here. So I think you've done uh, an excellent job. I um, I learned quite a lot. <laughs> Delight, Groove in the Heart. I didn't know Q-Tip sang on that. It was fantastic, bro. Very cool. So thanks for coming by. This is a great chat. Thank you. It was so, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. So we uh, we have to reconvene with Kent Bailey now. Oh, he's and, dead. And, and <laughs> I'm going to crush every one of his songs. So we're gonna, I'm going to show you his list now after we, uh, we finish up here. And we'll have a look at that. But then we'll bring him in and we'll do a third episode. And all three of us will talk about all the sins. All right. Cool. We'll go through. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen. And we're out. Take care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.